Welcome to the Realities of College Recruiting podcast, where our team of former college coaches, players, and MLB scouts tackle the most critical college recruiting topics. With guests including college coaches, MLB pro scouts, and industry insiders, we will empower you with the tips and strategies needed to gain an advantage in your college recruiting process. The Sports Force podcast is powered by our partner, Five Tool Baseball. Okay, let's start the show. Thank you, everyone, for tuning in tonight. I did want to remind everyone that tonight's Twitter space is being recorded. I'm going to talk a lot of uh, a lot of information tonight. So if there's any part of tonight's Twitter space you want to go back and listen to, um, you'll use the same link uh, that you use to join tonight's Twitter space to listen to the recording. Um, you can also use that link to share it with teammates, friends, coaches, family members. If you like what you're hearing tonight, please um, feel free to share the link um, and help us spread the word. The whole idea of these Twitter spaces is to provide uh, free education to the college recruiting community. Um, had some significant things come up uh, this last week in college recruiting that we're going to talk about. But before we do, want to remind everyone that tonight's Twitter space is uh, brought to you by Sports Force. That's the Twitter page uh, that I'm speaking from tonight. My name is Casey Dill. Uh, if you don't already, uh, follow the Sports Force Twitter page. Uh, it's the page that I'm speaking from right now. We put out a lot of good uh, college recruiting content, education. Uh, we've been doing these Twitter spaces for a little over a year now, um, always on a d- different topic. And we put out a lot of good free content um, to help everyone um, in their own college recruiting journey. Um, as an organization, we are actively in discussion with over 500 college coaches each month that are looking for uncommitted 2024s, 2025s, and 26s nationwide. Based on hearing from a ton of parents and coaches, we have decided to offer something that no other college scouting or recruiting company offers. That is an objective and expert college recruiting assessment. Um, This is a $99 value at no cost. Um, If that's something you're interested in, go to the link in bio on the Sports Force Twitter page. We're only offering it for a limited number of people. So if that's something you're interested in, um, if you want to see exactly kind of where you're at in your college recruiting journey um, and talk to one of our college recruiting experts, uh, again, for a limited number of guests, you will click that link in bio and you can set up a time to talk to one of our college recruiting experts. Um, So with that being said, we're going to go ahead and get started. Um, We are talking about some new recruiting rules um, tonight that have come uh, that have come about here in the last week. Um, that, that are going to make some significant changes to college recruiting. Um, before we go too in-depth with that, we've got three awesome speakers tonight um, that are going to be adding their expertise to the topic. Um, Brian, if you want to go ahead and unmute yourself, uh, introduce yourself. Always love talking baseball and recruiting with you. Welcome. BP, you hear me Okay. All right. Well, YBP's getting his stuff set up. Um, Ryan, can you hear me okay? Ryan, you want to unmute yourself and introduce yourself here real quick? Hey, guys. My name is Ryan Thompson. Uh, been with uh, Sports Force Advising for almost eight years now. Uh, I'm still in the coaching and travel ball industry. Uh, prior to that, I was a major league scouting supervisor uh, with the Cleveland Indians at that time. Uh, did that for a handful of years, and prior to that, I've been a, a head coach at the junior college level, a head coach at the high school level, and also won a uh, national championship uh, in college, collegiate summer league 
uh, with the Santa Barbara Forcers as a coach. So been able to really see, you know, recruiting and the growth of baseball and how much this industry is, has evolved over, gosh darn, almost, almost 15, 20 years now. Yeah, absolutely. Thank you, Ryan. Looking forward to having you on tonight's Twitter space. Uh, Andrew, if you can hear me, do you want to go ahead and unmute yourself? Uh, Andrew is the owner and CEO of Sports Force um, and the man behind all of this making it happen. AB, if you want to introduce yourself. Absolutely. What's up, guys? Um, yeah, this is an exciting topic, and I think it's a long time coming. I can remember uh, rewinding the clock right at the beginning of 2020 um, at the ABCA, the College Coaches Convention, and was there. And this rule that uh, was going to be instated back in April 2020, uh, but then we had this global pandemic which changed uh, the priorities for the NCAA and, you know, let's say college baseball decided to punt this thing down the road. Um, but I think this is a, uh, this is a big leadership uh, decision that's been, you know, made to, I think, protect the well-being and uh, of student athletes and, and families uh, in this recruiting journey. And, and it's going to create some new, uh, some new kind of what I consider rules of the of the recruiting game um not just ncaa but just you know how college coaches are going to respond to this and um how recruiting is going to be played um as well and so we're here to really share some insights that we've gotten from some compliance you know directors at the ncaa division one level and some coaches that we've spoken to as well so this is uh you know buckle up and let's let, let's have some fun um but um, we're, we're excited to share, you know, some of the insights. And to be clear, we're going to be sharing some insights, uh, but we're also continuing to investigate and research uh, what new and, 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 and meaningful information is going to, you know, come as this rule rolls out uh, on April 26th and get more clarity with the NCAA and, you know, the parties that be. So, um, but uh, glad to be part of it. Yeah, absolutely. Thank you, AB. Uh, BP, can you uh, can you hear me okay? Can you unmute yourself? And looks like you're good now. Yeah, no, we're good. I, I don't know what happened. But anyway, hi, everybody. I'm Brian Pugh. Uh, those of you that have been with us before, thanks for coming back. That uh, This is arguably the hottest topic right now because uh, for those of you that have been watching, there's a lot of changes that are coming. As I mentioned in my tweet earlier tonight, uh, earlier today, there are a lot of changes that are coming and they're coming very quickly. Um, what we have for you tonight is, is information that we have gathered from division one coaches and understand that all these changes are happening at the division one level, but they're from division one coaches and very, very trusted, respectable um, NCAA compliance officers, uh, you know, at power five conferences. So their interpretations of things, are, are going to be dead on and we're going to be relaying some of the messages that they're giving their coaches right now. Um, but you know, it's um, I'm very excited about some of the, the changes uh, that are being made uh, going back to my days as division one recruiting coordinator, because I think that it's going to continue to create more parity within college baseball. So uh, looking forward to answering questions, sharing, sharing information here this evening and uh, uh, let's get it rolling. 
Yep. Absolutely awesome panel tonight. Thank you all for joining. So I uh, want to remind everyone one more time before we get started that tonight's Twitter space is being recorded. Um, we're going to be going over a lot of complex things throughout the Twitter space. So if there's any part of this that you want to go back and listen to after the space is completed, you'll use the same link that you use to join the live version now to listen to the recording. You can share it with teammates, coaches, parents, uh, anyone you want, anyone that might benefit from the information that we're talking about tonight, um, please feel free to share that link. Help us spread the word. Um, our goal is always to educate the college baseball recruiting community. So a uh, lot of stuff to cover tonight. With that being said, um, we're going to break it down one kind of rule at a time, starting with, with, with the first one. Um, and this is with regards to telephone calls and recruiting materials. So um, the new rules that have been put in place – um, calls and general correspondence, that's text, emails, and letters, may not be made before August 1st of a prospective student-athlete's junior year in high school. Contacts moved, uh, contacts moved to the beginning of September 1st um, of the prospective student-athlete's junior year in high school. So um, any one of you can choose to, 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 to kind of go first, but how does this rule um, th th this new rule, how does that differ from what was in place uh, previously? BP, if you want to go ahead and go first. Yeah, sure. Yeah, I was just getting ready to, to uh, unmute. Um, so where where this is a big change um, is that published materials uh, and, and those are personal emails, text messages, things like that um, before like you could, as a student athlete, as a prospective student athlete, you could text a coach and there, this is my big takeaway from things is there could be a phone call arranged. Um, there could be correspondence sent through email. It could be through snail mail. Uh, for those of you that are, you know, young enough that don't know what snail mail is, this is like where you, where you lick and, and, you know, put the stamp on an envelope. Um, that that's not happening as, as early now. Uh, with this, with this change in the rules. Um, but um, yeah, that, that's the big takeaway for me or for me with, with this change in the rules. Um, Andrew, Ryan, do you guys want to elaborate on this? Yeah. I mean, I would say just in terms of this, uh, you know, this new rule uh, just, the coaches used to go around, you know, the process to be able to get feedback um, and to have communication with prospective student athletes. So how that would typically work would be, you know, a college coach would tell a, you know, eighth grader, freshman, sophomore, you know, um, typically freshman and sophomore say, hey, you know, uh, I'm interested in this player. They would talk to a high school coach, travel ball coach. They would talk to, uh, you know, someone such as us on the recruiting advisor side and say, uh, you know, please have this, you know, student athlete call me at this time um, on this day. And they would go and work around the NCAA rules, which didn't allow them to call the student athlete directly, but allowed them to receive a phone call, pick up the phone call and answer the phone call, you know, from a student athlete. So this is a, um, you know, this is a healthy change, you know, that we're seeing here. Um, and I, again, kind of like I said earlier, uh, we're, we're glad uh, that this is being put in place, uh, but it is going to change, 
you know, really how student athletes and, and families need to look at um, where they fit um, based on what the requirements are for the different schools, because no matter how you cut it, you know, the rules could change and say, you know, nobody can get contacted until you're a senior, let's say, um, if, if those were the, you know, some made up reality of recruiting, um, you still need to know where your benchmarks athletically, academically, and from a skills standpoint, fit and match up with certain colleges to mm-hmm. be able to be as targeted and, and strategic in terms of your outreach efforts, your recruiting efforts, and then for the coaches and or, you know, advisors and people that are advocating for you um, to be able to, you know, ideally generate, you know, the best potential awareness around what schools you fit in at and potential interest uh, to make sure that as you look to go to camps or potential showcases that you're being as um, smart with your time and your money as you possibly can. So I think that's one of the implications of all this is the college camps are still going to happen. The college showcases where a bunch of colleges go to one showcase um, those are still going to happen. The question is, are you going to know which ones you need to go to and at what time? Um, and that's going to be, you know, that, that's a huge kind of question to be able to understand. And that's where getting objective and honest, unbiased, you know, advice and, and, and an evaluation to be able to focus on the right schools at the right time is going to be really important. Yeah, and just to add on to that, um, and, and this is could could be for all three of you. My initial thought was one: this is great for that that eighth grader, that freshman that verbally commits to a major Division One university, and that school and that coaching staff has nothing binding to that player. But that player thinks he's going there in four or five years. That's gone, which is great. My second thought is was. Are coaches going to be able to talk to like an eighth grader or a freshman at one of their college camps? Or how does that side of things work? So for eighth graders, freshmen, sophomores that are looking at going towards college camp, how does this rule, if at all, affect like a college prospect camp? Yeah, well, I'll chime in on that first, Casey. Um, You know, there might be a, a little bit of a shift in where colleges are targeting their prospect camps now because by NCAA definition, a recruitable student athlete or a prospective student athlete is one that has entered his or her ninth grade year of, of high school, right? They're, they're a ninth grader. They've started classes, you know, all those sorts of things. Um, and I think that that's where there's, you know, a little bit of, of misconception or um, you just maybe lack of knowledge um, is that, yes, if, if you are an elite level Division One school, um, they are no doubt involved with eighth graders, shoot, maybe even seventh graders in high school because the rules don't apply to them simply based on uh, chronology and, and how old they are. If you're in eighth grade, a school can call, they can talk to you anytime they want. There's, there's no rules. Um, I think that that's still going to happen. 
Um, it the the cutoff date is going to be once those student athletes, uh, prospective student athletes, begin their ninth grade year. So there, I still think it's really hard to evaluate where a young man is going to be five or six years down the road. But I do think that certain schools are going to continue to talk to those young men that are in eighth grade. And just because of whatever it might be, uh, you know, national development program or, you know, XYZ program that they, they go to P15 area code, underclass, super underclass, mega underclass, whatever it might be, um, they're still going to at least try to get in there and establish those lines of communication while they can um, because the rules don't apply to them. Um, but once they hit their freshman year in high school, like it's going to be zero dark 30 um, until you know they, they reach the appropriate time. I'm not sure Case yeah, and, is there and, and uh, right now, but did you want to add on to that? No, go ahead. I couldn't hear you, so I was just going to jump in. But go ahead. I think there's a, you know, there's going to be a push here soon for the next five, six, seven days of of offers. Um, people are going to still need to go to camps. People are still going to have to get an idea what the culture is of the programs. But in terms of the communication. <clears throat> Obviously, there's going to be some do's and don'ts that we need to be aware of. And I'm sure there are going to be, uh, I don't want to say people circumventing the rule, but there are going to be people uh, that are going to have compliance uh, departments that are very strict and others aren't going to be as strict. So I think there's going to, there'll be some learning curve for us in this process of what's going to be allowed to be talked about at a camp and how much preferential treatment a, a certain individual player can receive out of camp compared to others, you know, whether it's seeing a certain part of the facilities or sitting down with the coaches and talking, uh, that stuff is a little bit, it's a little bit gray area as it already is. And it might have a chance to, to be in the gray area moving forward. And that's something that we'll definitely keep an, you know, an ear to the pavement on. I, I just know that there's going to be a need for families to have an idea of what they're looking for and what these other schools are looking for and if it's going to match up with a player. So gone are the times where this kid can spend five to six months setting up weekly phone calls with a, with the coach to get to know them. Uh, and, and that's going to, that's going to obviously dive into their, their background and their trust factor. And there's going to be a need for other, um, other sources to build that bridge or to fill that gap, if that makes sense. That's the only thing I was going to add to that. Yeah, and, and uh, great stuff, guys. Thank you. The, all these rules, uh, while they've been announced, don't actually come into effect until April 6th. Um, and we talked about this a little bit before we jumped on the space tonight, but we have this nine-day window um, before these rules actively take place, but all of the schools – know that these rules are going to take place. Is there anything um, that you guys kind of foresee happening or project happening in these nine days before the rules actually take effect? Yes, 100%. I, I think that for schools that are or have been in conversation with young men, with families, um, 
I think that there and and there's you know legitimate interest on both sides. I think that there's going to be a push to get offers out there, but also you know for we'll use a 2026 or 2027 because they're obviously they're farther out right now. There's going to be a push for them, and there's going to be a, a deadline where hey, it's going to go from we're trying to get to know you. We think that you're going to be a good fit. We want to see you play in the summer. And again, so-and-so, we know who you're playing for. And we're going to, we'll be ready to make a decision after your summer. All of a sudden, it's going to be, boom, here's an offer. We need an answer by April 25th. Or we're going to move forward. I, 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 there's, there's a really, really small window here. Schools are going to try to you know, get offers out there and get young men committed while they can before this, this all takes effect. Yeah. And I, to, to echo that, it, no one's going to very, I don't see this happening with a player that has had zero contact with the school up to this point. Uh, and if it does, that would be in the smaller numbers. I think what <clears throat> coach Pews is touching on is, there, there are kids out there that have probably already been in contact and people have been a little bit hesitant wanting to see them in the summer. Those are the kids that are probably are going to have to make a, a real important decision here in seven to eight days if they get that. And I think that's the crowd that's going to be affected. I do not see many that have zero traction right now having to deal with that predicament because I do think it's a predicament. Um, I think the the existing families and the existing players that have had dialogue with coaches, maybe even have had an offer from another school, but are talking to, you know, a couple different ones. I see a couple of those different ones jumping in and saying, Hey, here's our window. Uh, I've also already seen one offer go up 7% basically. And it doesn't sound that much, but when it puts you over a different threshold guys from a 45 to a 52%, it's significant. So I have seen one offer. I've been aware of one offer that's gone up and, and, to entice someone to commit here in the next 10 days or eight days. Uh, otherwise they're going to have to wait until what is it? Five months from now. And then it's not a criminal or anything along that line, but that's, that's already happening. That will probably happen the more. I think it caught a lot of the schools over a busy weekend of, of the division one schools playing over the weekend. And I think a lot of, I know what they're doing first thing in the morning on, you know, Friday and the first thing in the morning today, you know, in terms of their meetings. And so I think there's going to be a, a, a little bit of a lull. And I think there's going to be a, some pr- crazy action in the next couple of days. But again, it's not for a family that um, is just starting off this process. This is probably going to affect some people that have been down the road with some schools. Yeah, agree. Tonight's Twitter space is being brought to you by SportsForce. SportsForce is actively in discussion with over 500 college coaches a month that are looking for uncommitted 2024s, 2025s, and 2026s. Based on hearing from parents and coaches, we have decided to offer a limited number of college recruiting assessments. Um, If you go to the link in bio, um, there's a, a, a link that will take you to a calendar for you to set up a time to talk to one of our college recruiting experts, specifically about your college recruiting journey. Uh, Coach Bue and Coach Thompson both do those. So if you have something specific about your college recruiting journey that you want to talk to one of our college recruiting experts about, um, this is a limited time offer. It is the link in bio. 
um, and we're only offering it to a limited number of student athletes. So if that's something that you're interested in, uh, check out that link in bio um, and make sure you make an appointment um, before before we're not offering that anymore. It's a, it's a, it's a limited uh, number of space. Tonight's Twitter space is also being recorded. Um, we're going to cover a lot of information um, before we're done with this tonight. Um, a lot of it will be good for you to go back and listen to, uh, share with teammates, friends, coaches, parents, um, and, 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 and go back and listen to a lot of the stuff that we're talking about. So moving on with some of the new rules for the NCAA, again, that was just one small part. Um, the next one uh, is the recruiting calendar. Um, and the council adopted a non-conventional legislation in baseball to modify the recruiting calendar to include a recruiting shutdown during the weeks of Thanksgiving and Christmas. Um, a recruiting shutdown is no form of recruiting can occur, including phone calls, texts, and emails. BP, I'm going to go to you. How does this affect recruiting? How much recruiting in the past was really done um, during the weeks of Thanksgiving <laughs> Christmas? <laughs> I, I laugh, um, Casey, uh, because, you know, I, not so much Thanksgiving uh, for me personally, uh, but as a Division One recruiting coordinator, you know, like when you when you get to Christmas and, and teach their own, not everybody celebrates Christmas, but you know what? Like I got an eight-year-old daughter and you get up, just like a whole lot of other families do. And everybody's excited. You start opening, you know, some gifts and things like that that are under the tree. And then all of a sudden, like, you take a break and everybody else goes to get something to eat. And what do you do? You fire out text messages to all the kids that you're recruiting just to say that, that you know, celebrate. And just to say, hey, wishing you and your family a Merry Christmas. And... I'm not saying that that took a whole lot of time, but I love the spirit of these rules where over what most would consider major family holidays, okay, it allows college coaches to spend the time with their families. And, you know, I go back, or I shouldn't say I go back, but I'll reference some of the things that went in place over the summer, um, I don't know, three, four years ago, where a dead period went in place, where over the Father's Day weekend, over the 4th of July weekend, like Division One coaches went into a dead period, and it was to get them off the road, allow them to spend a holiday weekend with their families. Um, because I got to be honest with you, folks, without some of these rules, the quality of life for a college coach with a young family, it stinks. It, it, it stinks. You miss birthdays. You miss holidays. You miss, you, you miss so much. And I think that it's great. I think that it's much needed. Like, let, let's be honest kids get out of school and, and young men get out of school, you know, let's say they might have the whole week of Thanksgiving, but let's say they get out on Tuesday and there's like, what's really going to happen between that Tuesday and the Sunday following Thanksgiving. Like 
everybody's fat and happy eating turkey and stuffing and all that sort of stuff. You know, you get to Christmas, like everybody's out visiting and so on and so forth. I think it's great um, from a coaching standpoint. I think it's great from a family standpoint also of student athletes that are being recruited where they don't feel the pressure to respond to, I don't know, shoot, some of these, some of these dudes and, and some of you listening might, might be in this situation where Christmas morning, you know, Thanksgiving morning, you got 35, 40 texts that you had to, you felt ne- it, it was necessary to respond to. And it took time away from your family. Um, so I think that those are all good things. I think that they're great things because a college baseball program, it is a family. Right. And it, it just I, I think it, it just kind of reiterates or promotes the family aspect of things. Um, Ryan, Andrew, if, if you guys want to weigh in, that, that's just my two cents. Sure. I think more more dead periods, um, quiet periods. There's obviously d- differences in those two. They're needed. Windows need to be there for a reason over the, the holiday breaks for me as a travel coach and, and working with families and there's not a lot of new ground made up, but it is, you know, it is a time to where there's no baseball going on. And so some, some people take advantage of it. Um, I do believe there's too much opportunity for contact and communication that isn't necessary. And so I'm a fan of, of how this could, you know, increase the private time, not, yeah, and guys, this doesn't. This is this is a rule that's in place, and it's going to save one thousand kids in a, in each class per year. That, I mean, that's who it's really maybe two thousand. That's who it's affecting. But what it does is it really increases the the opportunity for the recharging of batteries and the slowing down um, and the wooing from certain schools of oh, so and so sent me a text on Christmas or. So-and-so knew I celebrated, you know, I was celebrating Hanukkah and he sent me a text on the first day. Like gone is the ability to woo a kid um, versus the, the real character component that's out there. Again, doesn't affect a, a, the majority, but I'm glad that they're putting limitations. I love the, the, the father's day. I love the, you know, the week leading up to, uh, playoffs. And I, you know, I think more opportunities like that need to happen because there needs to be a reset button and kids need to realize that, you know, they're playing travel ball or playing high school ball, whatever. You got to play for the game of the, not, not just to be seen. And we lose track of that. And I think that's something that we've talked about, you know, as a group of baseball people that are doing, you know, advising stuff with high school athletes is you still got to remember why you play. You still have to remember the, the happiness and, and what the game's about. And the same thing is those coaches need to remember that they need to find that in the kid rather than show ponying around to a bunch of camps, you know, showcases. Now we're going to have to, we're going to have to figure out how to play the game of baseball and have someone that actually has some credibility talk about me in, in the game and not just, Oh, this kid's a five o'clock hitter. And I think the more dead periods, the more communication lulls that you implement um, as well as the new rule that we're going to, you know, talk about drastically um, compared to everything else tonight is it's going to slow things down and allow you guys to understand as a player and as a family of what's really out there and what these programs are about, what these coaches are about, what type of kids play at that program and what's the best fit for my kid. 
And I think that's the most important thing. And these, these changes and these adaptions um, to the rules are just little pieces that sometimes it's lipstick, sometimes it's concrete foundation. So that's what we're, that's what we're talking about. Yeah. Sometimes as you know, whether you're a coach or a scout or a player, it's, it's good to be told you need to take the day off and, and, and the reset button, like Ryan was talking about, the longer you're in baseball, the more important that reset button becomes. You need time off. You need to rest. You need to do uh, the other things in life uh, that you love that are important to you. And it's, it's very easy to get burnt out or tired um, or lose track and sight of, of why you got into it in the first place. So um, I know as a coach, uh, and as a scout, sometimes I need to be told you got to take this time off. And, and, and as I've gotten older, um, you learn the value of that time off. So, um, I think you guys both made some good points. They're kind of being forced into that, that time off and having that reset button, um, is, is, is essential. Um, it's okay to be away from baseball and to love doing other things sometimes, <laughs> believe me. Um, all right, moving on to our next uh, rule, and this one has to do with scholarships. Um, and I believe this will be effective July 1st, but I'll read the rule and I'll let um, our panel chime in here. So um, this is a blanket waiver, um, the baseball varsity squad size and annual counter limit. So the NCAA Division I Committee for Legislative Relief approved a blanket waiver in baseball for the 2023-2024 academic year to permit institutions to increase the varsity squad size from 35 to 40, um, an annual counter limit from 27 to 32. Um, in granting this request, the Committee for Legislative uh, Relief noted, before I go too far into that, we're, we're, we're opening up a, a whole other kind of can of worms um, <laughs> after that but with regards uh to the scholarship limit change um how is that going to affect um recruiting how is that going to affect how schools choose to spend their scholarship money well i th i think that and and andrew you know alluded to this when we first started um there are things folks uh and, and we're going off of very very trusted very reputable sources uh here this evening with the information that we have there are still things that are yet to be determined. Um, and based on what we were provided here this evening through discussion with, with you know, compliance people, um, while the roster limit and the counter limit is going to increase for the 2023-2024 school year, I don't think that the way that I am reading and the way that I'm interpreting things, I don't know that a minimum scholarship um, allotment is, is in place at this point leading up to um, you know, in, in previous years uh, the, the minimum scholarship has been 25% uh, that changed with COVID with the, you know, the transfer portal, so on and so forth. The fact that there's nothing mentioned right now about what a minimum scholarship might look like is just one of those TBA, TBD type deals. And um, it, it's something that we'll certainly be very abreast on. Um, but until those are determined, we don't know. I think that it's un, you know important for everybody to understand the difference you know between a, a counter um, and a non-counter. At the Division One level, a counter is someone who receives any form of athletic aid and 
um, you know, it's going to go from, you know, what it was at, at, at 27 to, you know, the, the, the new threshold. And those counters all, uh, when, when we're talking about counters, yes, it counts towards your institutional, you know, limit of, of athletic-based aid. But it also, those counters, so basically non-walk-ons, scholarship players, um, those are the, the players that uh, administration looks at with regards to are you meeting progress towards degree and so on and so forth. A non-scholarship player, if they're meeting progress towards degree, um, like – they don't factor into that equation. So we don't have a concrete um, percentage of what that, um, you know, that, that um, counter is going to be at this point. I think the, the big takeaway there is that the roster size is going to increase and the number of counters is going to increase. And we'll see what they set the threshold at. That's, that's my takeaway there ryan the uh, roster Andrew, you guys want yeah. to add in the roster size going to 40 will show the the biggest change uh compared in my opinion and it's going to lead to more transfers in my opinion uh it's going to lead to more red shirts uh and it's it's all because the opportunities are still the same for the 35 as there is a 40 so how much more room for contribution is there? And it sounds like I'm being really cynical, but it's just the truth. I mean, if you go look through <clears throat> a lot of program stats on a year, you're going to, you're going to notice 13 to 14, uh, you know, position players and everyone's going to say, I need, we need arms, you know, and that's kind of a common thread that's, that's out there is that the need for arms is there. And some of that's to get through fall. Like you get some of you families don't realize that, but they need arms to, <laughs> to throw to their hitters in the fall. Um, and then they yep. also need situational stuff to where it's going to, you know, maybe now you can travel with a couple more arms and there's going to be some situational left on left stuff. And it sounds crazy, you know, because 20 years ago, no one really recruited around that. Not many people recruited around that notion. Now it's going to have the opportunity for it. And so at the end of the year, you're going to have, you're going to have a left-hander that has five innings, you know, and 10 appearances. Do they want to stay there and, and fulfill that same role the following year? And so I believe that rule going to the 40 man uh, has coincided with the transfer portal for a reason. Uh, I also understand that it's going to allow for more red shirts and kids that aren't ready. Um, already the red shirt is not something that that's a rabbit hole. Actually, I'll, I'll take a step back. I won't even go down that Um it's going to cause for a lot of kids that are going to get, get into programs and not see the field and have to leave because they were allowed that, you know, 37, 38, 39th spot. Um, and they probably could have chosen another school, maybe even a lower level school to actually contribute to. And that's the main thing I'm going to see, in my opinion, coming out of this. So do you guys see more players that may have been like a, a, a big scholarship JUCO guy or maybe a big scholarship D2 guy? Do you see guys like that now maybe getting a division offer, a division one offer to play yes. scholarship? So in a way, this is going to also affect every other level of college baseball because there's that many more division one scholarships available now. They're going to start. So you're going to see 500, 600 kids have a chance to start at the division one yep. program. 
Yeah. Whether or not they end up there, that's 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 to be determined. But that's where you're going to see the notice. <clears throat> you're going to see the really good D2 schools having to, okay, I'm not going to go push myself on this high school kid right now, and here's the reason why. That, yeah. Those five kids that are the fringe guys, or maybe even the 10 kids that are the fringe guys at a Division One program, you know, are they really going to stick it stick it out? And yep. We don't need to talk about generational components of kids transferring. Well, it's just the truth. When kids don't play, they leave. When kids don't play, they don't try to just win it out a job and play that last year and that senior year like you've seen on some of these you know, NCAA tournaments. Of, hey, this kid waited three years before he played. You just we, – we're not seeing that as much moving forward because it's so easy to put your name in the transfer portal and leave. Correct. Correct. Uh, yes. Dead on, Ryan. Excellent. Yeah, and the data here, for those that don't know, it's most of the kids that go in the transfer portal don't end up finding a new college home to play baseball. So that's kind of the elephant in the room that not a lot of people talk about is that although the portal sounds like this, you know, magic, um, you know, Magic carpet ride. I'll, I'll, I'll bring a song back from the past, <laughs> um, you know, to your next amazing college destination. Uh, it's not that simple, you know, to go from where you started, um, especially if you're not getting playing time, to then move laterally to another school at the same level with the same potential opportunity. Um, it's usually you got to move a level or two down in terms of, we'll call it, you know, playing level and maybe prestige, um, or, you know, you might find yourself, um, you know, not lacing up the cleats anymore and, and, and moving on. And that's where kind of like, as we, you know, talk as a team internally and we think about the impact of having an opportunity to play college baseball, it, it's really becoming more and more critical that you try to make the best decision the first time, uh, when you're choosing, um, you know, that final, we'll say four-year destination, even if you go the JUCO route, um, out of high school, um, is just finding that college home, uh, where you're going to, you know, build those, those relationships and those roots and ideally, you know, get a great education, have an opportunity to play. Um, so that is another big kind of thing that players need to need to keep in mind. And, you know, we've seen a, a number of athletes that sometimes have said, Hey, I'm going to bypass maybe the brand name of this school and what looks good on paper um, to go to another good quality school. That's just a, a better opportunity for impact, a better opportunity uh, to be part of the community, maybe at a program that doesn't recruit the, the large number of players um, and just, you know, has a better probability of, of, of you being successful at that school because, you know, going back to kind of thinking about the game and the opportunity, if you're a division one level prospect, and we're really talking tonight about division one recruiting, um, if you're a division one level prospect, then you have, you're one of 2% of high school baseball players that get a chance to play division one baseball. And um, that means that, you know, this game likely you've got some skills uh, to make an impact. Um, and you just don't know if you get in the right player development environment, the right, uh, the right scenario, you might go from a very low level, you know, division one prospect 
coming out of high school. And you might find yourself, you know, being a professional prospect by the time you get to be a junior and senior, you know, in college. Um, and so your player development environment, the opportunity to get playing time, uh, that can, you know, be a force multiplier, you know, for your career in baseball to take another level to the professional game. So I don't think we can kind of, um, I guess, that has to be emphasized, you know, on some level of just, you know, that opportunity to play. Yeah, it goes back to, do you have a realistic college recruiting target list? Um, you know, it, it, it is playing right away important to you or is, you know, are you okay with sitting the bench for two or three years or do you want to, you know, improve your chances of playing right away? These are all questions um, that you need to be asking yourself. These are all questions that our, our college advisors uh, take everyone through. Everyone's journey is different. Everyone's goals and what they're looking for out of a baseball program um, and out of a college are different. So having these uh, conversations about your specific uh, recruiting situation uh, is important. Uh, with that being said, Sports Force uh, is um, in discussion with over 500 college coaches a month who are, who are looking for 2024s, 2025s, uh, and 2026s. We are offering individual uh, college recruiting assessments. So if you are a player, a parent, um, or a coach with players that you're looking to advise, we are doing um, college recruiting assessments. Check out the link in bio. I think we might be losing Casey. I don't know, Ryan. Ryan, can you guys hear Casey? I'm okay. Okay. I got him. Okay. Yeah, and we will be able to do uh, an individual assessment. Again, Lincoln Bio, limited time. We are doing college um, recruiting assessments. Tonight's Twitter space is being recorded. Um, if there's any part of tonight's Twitter space you want to go back and listen to, uh, you can listen to the recording. You'll use the same link uh, to listen to the recording um, as you did to listen to the live version. Um, moving on in our Twitter space, on to the next rule. This is a general recruiting update. Um, regarding uh, official and unofficial visits. Um, so here's how the rule reads, and then we'll have our experts chime in. No longer a limit to the number of official visits a prospective student athlete can make. Um, the previous was five. Um, prospective student athletes are limited to one official visit per institution with exception for a coaching change. Um, official visits may last two nights, previously 48 hours. Uh, institutions may pay for the travel costs, transportation, meals, um, and entertainment for the for up to two family members accompanying the prospect on the visit. Um, so, BP, I want to go to you first. How do these new rules um, with regards to official and unofficial visits differ from the old rules, and what do they mean um, for uncommitted student-athletes out there? Huh. All right. Well, here we go. Um, I mean, you said it, Casey. Uh, previously, you as a prospective student-athlete could only take five official visits. And I think that is, as we define things, everyone needs to understand the difference between an, uh, an official visit and an unofficial visit. An official visit is one where the institution pays for some portion or the entirety of, <coughs> excuse me, of your, your visit, transportation, lodging, et cetera, et cetera. Unofficial, you go on your own, you pay your own way to get there. 
like like the whole deal. Um, it used to be five. The only way that you could take more than five was if there was a coaching change at an institution and you could go back uh, to meet a new coach or whatever it might be. Um, I think this is, and we were talking about this earlier, I think this is great um, from a recruiting standpoint because if 15 institutions want to pay your way to go to their campus and visit and see what they have to offer, um, I think that it only increases the number of opportunities that you might have right and to go back to some things that you know ryan and andrew uh have mentioned and and casey have mentioned here already this evening is that there you might have 15 schools that you're like man i'm really interested in in all these but i can only pick five to go and see what they have to offer where they're going to pay for me to go and be there? No. Like, if they want to pay for you to go there, uh, it, 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 and that could be a train ticket, a plane flight, hotels, whatever it might be. I think it's awesome that you can go and check out all these schools. Now, I will say the thing that you have to be mindful of as a high school athlete, you have to be mindful of how much time you're missing out of class, right? Because, like, you still need to do the schoolwork. You still need to make the grades. You still need to do all those sorts of things. But it goes back to what I was saying about creating parity. Um, and there may be schools that, hey, for you know whatever reason, they want you to come visit the first available opportunity. Um, there may be schools that um, you feel as a student athlete that are the right fit for you. And it turns out they end up backing out. Well, shoot. And I, you know, edited that. Well, I, but I took one of my official visits there, and now they're telling me I'm not good enough to play there. Well, what do I do now? I've only got two or three or four official visits left. Go, like, that still gives you so much freedom to go visit the schools that you want to visit for. And like I said, if they if that school wants to pay for it, hey, Take advantage of it. I, I think it's a great, great change. I think it's awesome. Um, you know, it, you're as as a Division One school. You're not as a coach. You're sitting there saying, "Well, okay, I get it. This is where we fall in this young man's pecking order. That's cool, but he's still an impactful player. You know, for us." And I'm at a mid-major or I'm at a low-level Division One school. And, you know, he's got offers to go visit LSU, Vandy, UCLA, Arizona State, so on to Washington, so on and so forth. Like, but he can still come here and he can see what we have to offer. We have the same tech. We have the same X, Y, and Z. And we feel that this is the right you know, fit for him. It's the right fit for us. And I I think that it just provides a wonderful opportunity for a young man. I think it provides a wonderful opportunity and their family. And I think it provides a wonderful opportunity for um, the institutions themselves 
to still be engaged and um, you know take their best shot at a young man in the with the idea and in the spirit of finding the right fit. That's that's my take on it. Yeah, if they're gonna pay, if they're gonna pay for it, and you got time, and you're not missing class, and you're not trying to see 15 schools and try to figure out the difference between 15 by just going, then do it. I mean, you should have an idea what what these places are about before you go there. Um, and you're not gonna be going to 15 different football games or anything like that. That's a but. I, I, I'm glad there's not a cap on there. Um, you know, a, a lot of baseball recruiting trips are unpaid, and I think people need to know that. But if the school's going to help pay for it, then you you're, shouldn't be scared of, of taking that by any means. Coach Sam Chavez, I see you uh, asked, requested to be a speaker. Did you have a question or anything that you wanted to, to add to what we're talking about? You just got to unmute yourself in the bottom left corner. There's a button. There you go. Go ahead. Fire away. Um, I can't hear. Did you have a question you wanted to ask or anything that you wanted to talk about? All right. Well, he's having technical difficulties. We'll move on to another question that we had uh, come in. Uh, May an institution's coach uh, have evaluative conversations, uh, like for example, regarding athletic ability with a prospective student athlete's high school or club coach, or maybe even a college advisor before that first permissible date of contact? Anyone want to take that? That's a hard no. I mean, yeah, the, the answer is no. Uh, with the new rules as of April 26th, um, or no, I shouldn't say that. I'm sorry. Yes, a third party can have conversation with a college um, about an athletic ability. Um, but I was going to, sorry, I, w- I was thinking ahead. Um, they, they can relay metrics. They can, you know, relay their, you know, thoughts on progress, so on and so forth. Like they can do all that sort of stuff. Um but there can't be any conversation about, you know, from the uh, the institution about how they fit in, so on and so forth. Like it, it, it's it's very objective. That might be the best way to say it. Um, Andrew, like anybody else, want to chime in right there? Yeah, they're not going to be able to say this kid does this really well for me, and I can, you know, I I I really like that he did this. I really think that the the fielding goes here, here, and here, and I really think he fits in uh, as a third baseman at, at, at the Pac-12 level. He, you can't say that. Could he share things like data measurables, uh, velo, maybe 60 time? Are there things like that? Is there information that can't be shared, or is it nothing can be shared? No, they can share metrics. Absolutely, metrics, they can share yeah. metrics. Metrics sure. can be shared. Opinions, anything subjective is – how the rule is written is not allowed, will, will not be allowed. Whether or not they can figure out how to, you know, conjugate a, uh, <laughs> a message that allows them to say that, um, that's a little bit, again, we talked about it at the start, that's a little bit in the gray area, but they, they will be allowed to give metrics. They will not be, a, be able to tell you anything subjective or how you might fit or what they might think for you from a recruiting perspective. 
They would not be yep. able to say this guy's in a this guy's in our top ten recruiting list. This guy's definitely, you know, one of these types. They're not going to be able to do that. Yeah, everything has to be objective versus subjective. That's that's what it comes down to. Yeah, great, great question, and I hope you got your answer. Uh, I want to remind everyone that tonight's Twitter space is being brought to you by Sports Force. Sports Force is doing a select number of college recruiting valuation evaluations. If you're a 2024, 2025, or 2026 uh, player, parent, coach, um, if you're looking for a, a, a college evaluation, we are now doing free college evaluations for a limited number of student athletes. Check out the link in bio on the Sports Force Twitter page. That is the Twitter page that I am speaking from uh, right now. If you go to the link in bio, it's to a calendar where you can set up a time to talk to one of our college recruiting experts. Um, again, we're only doing that for a select number of student athletes. So if that's something that you're interested in, um, check that out sooner than later. Um, only have a certain amount of time left. I've got two quick questions and these ones aren't even regarding the rules specifically. Um, one has to do with just finding the right fit. I think a few of us have talked about, uh, finding the right fit in your college journey. And the question is simply, how do you know what schools are a good fit for you? Anyone want to take that one? I'll, I'll I'll start with that, and I it there's not a cookie cut approach to this. Um, and by this, I mean the process of being recruited and what you want, and it takes time. Like there's a there's a good maturation period. There's an evolution in a 14 to a 15 to a 16 to a 17 year old, even an 18 year old, you know, high schoolers mindset. Um, we have families that will say no to a Division one school to go to a Division three school as seniors, but they wouldn't have been able to make that decision. And, and frankly, maybe they shouldn't be able to make that decision as a sophomore because they didn't understand the realm that they were in. They didn't understand how things stacked up and, and some of their uh, recruiting goals, you know, changed over time. The, the importance of weather, the importance of education, the importance of money, the importance of playing time. Um, a lot of those things have some flexibility to it and some fluidity. So when we talk about finding the right fit, we really need to take a step back and figure out, you know, what makes that child and what makes that family tick from a baseball and academics standpoint. Uh, and then the other part about it is you need to, you do need to have an idea where you fit athletically. You know, you're not going to apply to, you know, Harvard or Princeton if you're a 3.4 student. I mean, if you do good luck, I hope everything else is, is, is amazing. <laughs> it gets, but you got to know, you got to know where you, you get in. And to get that idea um, takes outside sources sometimes, or it takes an incredibly good travel ball organization that has the bandwidth and the understanding of different programs out there, not just what's local or where their connections are or what you see on TV, but you have to have good footing in the, in the industry of, of knowing the differences between two West coast conference schools that compete against each other and may even have the same record. There's a lot of, a lot of things that can be different and the same would be said of, of two a 10 schools or big East schools. And so finding that fit starts with how bad does the kid want to play in college? You know, what makes them tick? What are important things to that player and their family? And then finding an idea where they fit. And a lot of the time, those conversations at a dinner table, they can happen organically, but sometimes they need to be, they need to be stoked. They need to be stemmed a little bit and you need to have some kindling on the fire to get the logs burning. And what that takes is, is someone that's been there and done that and understands that 
you know, it's awesome to play college baseball, but it's better to have an idea of what you want, and what you don't want before you even start down that journey. And so long winded answer to that individual is it takes some time to figure out what a fit is. You very rarely figure it out that quick. Are there some schools you can say yes to that quick? Yes. If it's financially feasible and my son is a four point something and Stanford thinks he can play baseball there and we're confident in that, I have a feeling that's a pretty darn easy decision for me because of how amazing that institution is. It can't be said to, about every school out there. That being, you know, that everything's so different. Get some help. Find out where you fit athletically and what you need to get to if you wanted to get to a certain benchmark or a certain school and your benchmarks and your physicality or your fluidity and athleticism aren't there yet, find out where you fit, find out what you might need to do to get to that level, um, to allow that dream to keep going, but also be open to what else is out there. Uh, because I do believe finding the place that fits best is the most important thing. And to do that, you probably need an assessment and you need someone that's already been through those muddy waters before. Casey, we haven't done this in a while. Let's hear it. That that's a mic drop, and that that's a boom right there, <laughs> Ryan. You you knocked that out of the park. You're I mean you're John Carlos Stanton with a distance that yeah. that covers right there. That well, that that's a bomb. Right when there. I watched him in high school, his name was Mike Stanton. I'm just gonna put that. that it was Mike. I'm yeah yeah no yeah. It might no. be the only for the third um, time in, in our Twitter space history that uh, that BP didn't have something to add. <laughs> so you that's how good you did. Nope, I got B- nothing, dude. That that was that was fantastic. That that's a mic drop right there. I got nothing. That that was that was well said. Thank you very much for saying. Absolutely. <laughs> Thank you. We'll get to one more question. We like to keep these things at about an hour. We're a little bit over now, which is great. I want to remind everyone, if you do have additional questions regarding anything that we're talking about tonight or anything regarding college recruiting, um, you can also direct message the Sports Force page um, or one of the speakers page, um, and we'll do our best to get to, to, to them there. Um, and this one's very simple. It's just about academic benchmarks and us as coaches all know how important this is, but how important and what are some key academic benchmarks to determine uh, where a player fits in academically? Well, we deal, we deal with a lot of young men, um, a lot of families that, you know, deem themselves high academic. And, and I think that, one of the important things that everybody needs to do is they need to understand what high academic really means, how exclusive a high <laughs> academic program is. You know, a Tufts, a Johns Hopkins, a Berkeley, a Stanford. Like, you, you need to understand how, com- like, ultra elite i don't even know hyphenated that that's a real word but you like everybody has to understand how hard and competitive it is to get into those elite level academic schools there's some really good what we would consider as as a company mid-major schools that are very competitive academically i happen to work at two of them they were very, you know, competitive. Um, but were they on the same level as Harvard, MIT, you know, Bentley, 
so on and so forth. You know, Embry Riddle Aeronautical. No, they weren't. Um, so understanding what you're looking for, understanding qualifications that you need to get into mm-hmm. uh, schools with AP courses, IB courses, whatever it might be, but especially the AP courses, board scores. Um, there's there's a you know a huge trend, which is an awesome trend, no doubt about it, to go um, uh, score optional, test score optional. Like some of those schools, the elite level academic schools, like, yeah, no, those are still like you, you have to submit mm-hmm. test scores. You have to. Um, so just in, in his absence, Coach Bray, like, you better do your research. Um, and, and with your research, uh, for those academic schools, like the idea of having that, that third party that sits there, like, like coach Thompson said, you got a three, four, you wouldn't get into Stanford. You wouldn't get into Berkeley. (laughs) Good luck. And, and that's not being, um, that's not being condescending or anything like that, but it's, it, it takes a really, really difficult scenario. And it makes it damn near impossible. Whether you're a student athlete or not, it makes it really, really hard. Um, Mm -hmm. So doing your research, having a really clear understanding of of where you are and and who you are, what your profile is academically, that's that's extremely, extremely important, folks. Sure. And starting at a 4.0 as a whole and keeping it there, is is very difficult for some to do for others it's it's not as tough but it's a whole lot easier keeping it there than it is getting it there after a couple of years and so what i tell a, an eighth grader is understand that high school is a little bit different so go get your a's right off the bat and try to keep it there what i tell a freshman that maybe got the three five going into a sophomore year hey dude let's let's just try to get can you get to a three seven five because let me tell you, on a, on a piece of paper, a 3.75 looks a whole lot better than a 3.5. It just does. And it might be the difference of one or two grades. And so to put, an, uh, put a stat on there like, oh, you need a 34 and a 4.2 with 10 AP and honors classes, that's really tough to say. I can tell you a couple schools require that, sure. Um, but to, to put a direct number on there, if anyone gave you a specific number and told you that's high academic, that's that's false. Like the difference between a school like Harvard Westlake and, you know, like my high school that I worked at, which is good. There's a difference. Harvard Westlake 3.8 is probably a 4.2 at the school that I that I taught. Yeah. And so there are differences in schools um, and a lot of the high academic colleges know that and they have a you know, a track record or a history with that particular school. So individuals, you know, their stories change depending on their high schools they're at. And it's not always about the parochial or the, or the private school. There's some incredible public schools. And so you understand that a lot of those things are different and each case has to be analyzed. I will say a three, three and a three, four, we can throw you out of the high academic talk. Like high academic is you're getting into the schools that coach Pugh just mentioned, and you're not getting in there, you might be able to pull the, the Cal Berkeley off if you're 91, 93. I'm not going to lie. Um, but for the other ones, you, you have to check the boxes on that one. So it's tough that we can't put numbers to your question. Um, 
but we can say it needs to be evaluated individually. And there are a lot of different um, components that go into that. Yeah. And I'll just say, we, we don't, Ryan and I don't say that to discourage. We, we don't, we, we just say that from a reality standpoint. Um, and I think that that's something that gets lost that that concept of being realistic um, in this recruiting process is, you know, someone that has a three, 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 four, that that's a great GPA. I think awesome for you. Right. Um, but is that going to put you at that elite level academic um, school? Um, it's um, as I said, it's, it's not meant to be condescending. It's not to be meant to be dream crushing or anything like that. It's just, it's realistic. That That's what it is. And there's, um, and there are really good schools out there that you would qualify for. And a lot of, uh, a lot no of doubt. it is, yeah, a lot of it is what you getting in where you fit in and making the yeah. most out of your opportunity, which kind of rings a bell guys. Cause we've been saying pr- basically the same darn thing from an athletic standpoint, it's get in where you fit in because that's the most important thing is to have an opportunity of success. Like I, if I go play golf, I'm going to need to go play on the local Muni course right off the bat. I'm not ready for pebble i'm not ready for tory pines i'm not ready for centennial like i can't go play those right now wouldn't be a wouldn't be a fair or fun experience might be memorable but we're talking the other way around from a competitive (laughs) standpoint yeah and to close things out uh those last two questions hey the best way to find out where you fit in the best way to kind of get more details about your your specific academic information is to get that evaluation to get that college recruiting evaluation um again um if you go to the sports force twitter pages uh link in bio we are offering a a limited amount of college recruiting evaluations so if you're interested uh in maybe getting some advice and where you fit in 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 regards to your academics or your athletic ability that's a great way to do it um check out the link in bio on the sports force twitter page um again just a limited uh number of people uh, tonight's Twitter space was recorded. We are going to close things out here. If you want to go back and listen to any part um, of tonight's Twitter space, uh, the recording will be available as soon um, as we stop the live uh, version. Uh, I want to thank both uh, Coach Pugh and Coach Thompson for coming on tonight. Um, awesome um, topic. If there's anything uh, you guys want to add in closing out, please do so. I will real quick, and, and I go back to what I said, I don't know, 20, 30 minutes ago. These new rules, um, while there are some things that are concrete, there are still things that are being are coming to light. And I, I have a feeling that with um, our background and, and what we what our primary goal is, and that is to educate, um, that as we get new information, there will be subsequent um, Twitter spaces, master classes, so on and so forth that are offered. So <clears throat> our, our space tonight and, and what we are relaying to you as families is based on what we know, uh, what we have gotten from good intel. Um, and as more comes to light, we'll offer more spaces. So stay tuned because this is a very dynamic, uh, ever-changing um you know, topic, it, it, it's, it's, there's a lot to it. There's a lot that goes into it. So stay tuned. We hope that you have enjoyed um, and learned uh, a little bit here this evening um, and hope that 
you know, you'll come back and you'll listen to us again um, because we do have a, a great group of, of guys here that work within our company. Um, and our goal is to educate and try to help as many families as possible, whether it's through Twitter spaces, master classes, one-on-one programs, whatever it might be. So um, thank you to everybody that has tuned in tonight. And um, hopefully, you know, you'll become, as I call it, a repeat offender and come back and listen to us again. So thank you all. Awesome. Yeah, it really, really enjoyed this tonight, guys. And things are going to change. We do know, you know, help is probably needed now more than ever on one end. And the other part of it is we get to allow some product to develop rather than try to jump the gun and, and put the cart in front of the horse, you know, as the cliche says. And I think that's really good for the industry. It's really good for kids and families. And it's really good for the game of baseball. So I'm, I'm okay with all this stuff. It's just it's going to take some time to really understand and iron things out. Um, and it's probably going to take some, some handholding on for certain families. Absolutely. Thank you again to our speakers. Thank you again for sports force. One last final reminder. If you are looking for a college recruiting evaluation, check out the link in bio for the, for the sports force Twitter's page. Uh, this is normally about a hundred dollar value. We're doing it completely free for a select number of student athletes and their families. So please check out the link in bio on the sports force Twitter page. If you are interested uh, in a free uh, college recruiting evaluation. Thanks again to our guests. Thanks, thanks again to our speakers. Hope to see everyone on next week. Have a great night. Thanks for being part of the Realities of College Recruiting podcast and our partner, Five Tool Baseball. You can easily subscribe on iTunes and check us out online at Sports Force Baseball for every past episode of our podcast. If you want to ask questions, share insights, and recommend future guests, hit us up on Twitter and Instagram at SportsForceBB and Facebook under SportsForceBaseball. Be sure to join us on our next episode of the Realities of College Recruiting podcast. And remember, your college decision isn't a four-year one, it's a 40-year one.